1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs.
0: Learn more at uh1.com. This is not quite dead. Episode 26, Papillon de Nuit. Um. No, uh, but I hear something. Oh, oh, it's working. Oh my god. Running water. Thank fuck. I am going to shower so hard and be so fucking clean. No, that's. <gasps> désolé, désolé. It's fine, you're fine. I'm going to. Uh... Nej. Uh, <coughs> Nash. come back. I'm going to go into the city, see if I can pick up some light bulbs for the other way. Okay. But what was that about? I did not realise you were undressed. You've seen me naked before. Really? Nash, you showed me a naked sketch of you that my fucking boyfriend drew. It's fine. That is different. It is art. I saw the real you naked while we were away, too. Nash, come on. Don't make it weird. Weird? Yeah, we just fucked. It doesn't have to mean anything. Doesn't it? I don't... You used to just strip off in front of me. You've, like, held my head up in the bath when I didn't have the energy. you see me naked. I've seen you naked. It's got nothing to do with sex. Why are you being like this? It is a different kind of intimacy. It changes things. It doesn't have to. We're both adults. It's fine. Fine. Oh, don't be... Listen. So what if it changes things? What's wrong with that? I am not... I do not do this. What? Have fun? I have plenty of fun. Merci. It is just... This is not... uh, It is not... Did you not have a good time? This is not about your skills as a lover. (laughs) Sorry, skills as a lover? Christ. Loosen up, it's fine. You have been a vampire for less than three months. You are vulnerable. You do not know what you want. Yes, I do. Is it me? I... What the hell does that have to do with anything? Look honestly at yourself and tell me what it is you want from me. I don't know. Of course you don't. And I'm not in a position where I... I respect you. I want you to know I respect you, which is why I'm telling you no. I just... I don't get it. Who knows what you will want in six months? I... Who knows what you'll want in six months either? Exactement. Exactement. So, because you think we won't want to fuck in six months, you think we shouldn't fuck now? You want to do it again? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I... No, it is a terrible idea. Right, sure, fine. You're lying to me, but Fine. Learn to accept a rejection. It is unattractive to be this persistent. Uh, Excuse me. Not everything I do is about trying to appeal to you. You don't want to fuck. We don't. But, like, you are bullshitting me about the reason why. The reason does not matter. It fucking does, actually. Not because there are right reasons or wrong reasons not to have sex. No is always no. But, like, for fuck's sake, man, I can tell you're lying through your teeth about something here. I just can't tell what. Let it go. Uh, no. Sorry. Won't be doing that. In which case you're going to be very disappointed. Uh Uh-huh, great, yeah. Fascinating news to me, kitten. What are you lying to me about? Leave it. Nope. I am going out. I'll be here when you get back. Maybe by then you will have realised you are being a fucking cock. So charming. French really is the language of love, isn't it? I said that in English, like you fucking told me to. I know. Is this really the time? I'm not sure there's ever a good time. You're fixing the fucking water when Casper is maybe being fucking tortured. So, like, who's really got the weirdest priorities in this situation? That's what you wanted to shower? I do. I want to save my boyfriend more, though. Oh, so is your boyfriend today, eh? That's what this is about. You're judging me for being unfaithful. Of you're being patently ridiculous. Sure, sure. It's so it's not infidelity that's bothering you, but I'm close, right? Stop this. Oh, yeah. I'm close. I'm leaving. Sure. I am. Uh-huh. Stop looking at me this way. What way? Like I'm some kind of painting you think is not very good. Is that how I'm looking at you? Hmm. What has gotten into you? Well, you. And you're right. It has changed things. Put on the mat. Right. Fuck you. I-, I thought you said you wouldn't be doing that. I cannot do this. Goodbye. Oh. Oh. Is it Casper? It is, isn't it? It's because of Cass. It's because we were fucking and because we loved each other. That's what this is about, isn't it? Okay, cool. So we talk about this later then. You don't know what the fuck you are talking about. <laughs> oh, raw nerve! You are the most irritating man I have ever <laughs> met. It's a bit rich coming from you. Stop it. Stop needling me. I've run out of other avenues to make you fucking speak to me. What the fuck are you trying to do here? Listen, right? I have done everything you've fucking asked. I've trusted you as best I could, based on fucking nothing. I've sat here and I've gone places with you based on nothing. I've listened to your advice, even when it's glaringly obvious that you're talking shit. I take you on your word, even when it's hard, and I tell you that. And you keep lying to me. I am not lying to you. There are more ways to lie than just saying things that aren't true. You're being ridiculous. Yeah, that kind of thing is especially uncool, actually. The lying is one thing, but pretending you're not when outright confronted, calling me ridiculous for noticing your bullshit, that's like, inexcusable. You're keeping shit from me about you and Casper. There's an extent to which I can let that go. You deserve your privacy. Yeah, but there is something going on here and it concerns me distinctly. Because right now, Casper is locked up somewhere and we are not going to help him, specifically because you say we need more time. This is important. Talk to me. I I can't. Why? There are things you would not understand. Why? Because I'm new? Listen, pal. You may be 10,000 years old or whatever, but I am not a child. You will treat me like an adult and you will treat me with fucking respect. Not as a favour, like you seem to imply before, but because I deserve it. You hear me? I'm an adult person. No matter how old you are, whatever you have done for me, you will treat me like an adult person, capable of making his own decisions, because that is what I am. You're right. I know I'm fucking right. Ugh. A phone? Nej, what is this? It is my phone. Why are you showing it to me? It was not a letter that Kasper sent to me. He called me. I do not often have this turned on, you see. I do not like that it means people can know where I am. There is something wrong with the world now that it is so hard to move through it unwatched and followed. He, he... I did not answer the call. The phone was off. From the way that he was talking, I could tell that was what he expected to happen, but it was three days after he sent the message that I finally heard it. Naj Yeah. I I don't... I don't want... You should hear it. Why? you kept it from me until now. Why should I listen? It was wrong of me to keep it from you. He... he left the message for you. He didn't... he wasn't meant for me. Alfie, come here. Mm. No, I don't... I don't want you to, please.
1: Zima, I'm sorry to call. Truly.
0: No, no.
1: I'm sorry about last time. But I need your help. I've done something very, very stupid. There's this guy. He's... I know what you're going to think, but he's not like the others. He's different. He's special. I have to save him. I have to keep him alive. Really alive. Zima, please help me. I don't know what else I can do. There's something... You remember, last time we spoke, I told you I was trying to find my friend? Well, I'm close to finding him. My last hope is he's made good on this sour promise he made to me last time we saw each other. I need your help. I need you to help me. I really am sorry. Meluicha Zima. Vujdi.
0: Really alive. He didn't want me to be a vampire, did he? No. I do not think that he did. He left me with enough of the blood to try it. He... I thought that's what... I know. But it was too late. Yes. He was gone too long. Yes. At the end, he... You were saying he loved you, right? Yes. Zima. What's that? It means winter. Winter. Why did he call you that? My name is not Nezh. Uh, right? Fucking hell! I knew you were lying, but that's no, no. Vous savez mon It is not my name because I do not really have a name anymore. What is that supposed to mean? Mon I am so old that the languages they spoke when I was born cannot even be reconstructed. The name I was given is in a language so that I cannot even remember it. I... You forgot your name. neige it is French for snow. And Zima is winter. Your blood, it, it tastes cold. It's wintry. The vampires, they have names for me. The blood is how I am known mostly. That is the source of Antoinette's fascination. Why? A vampire with a well-developed palate can taste the lineage from the blood. They also know how many generations from the ancients and that there is. The ancients? A preposterous construction. Vampires older than a thousand years. They think our blood is purer. They say we are closer to the source. Who is they? the vampires. This is what you didn't want to talk about, right? This is why you're glad Cas barely told me anything about vampires' lives, except for how hard they are in the beginning. I can see why this specifically would be something you would particularly want to avoid speaking about. Why? Because of you? No. Because of Antoinette. Because the smell of you is why she picked him. In a way. But it is the reason for that decision that he would want to avoid describing. What's the reason? Antoinette was made by another ancient vampire. And you knew him? His name was Claudio. I made him. And they killed him. Uh, what the fuck, Naj? He was a fucking... Uh, he was the source of Antoinette's ideas. He was a menace, and by the time I killed him, he was also a war criminal by today's standards, so, of all the deaths on my conscience, is this not one of the ones I regret. How many vampires have you made? I don't know. I cannot remember. Fuck. Jesus. I don't do it often. Maybe once every few hundred years. I have attempted it maybe three dozen times. I've been successful in less understood third of those attempts, I would guess. Claudio, he was one of the longest-lived... It is art for new vampires, you know this. Oh. What? I just, when you said you couldn't remember, I assumed it would be more. It is possible the numbers are eh? The first thousand years of my life in particular are fuzzy to me. It is possible that some of the memories I have of vampires trying to make some kind of family by turning humans whenever they could. Perhaps this is actually my own behaviour, but I will never know for sure. I know those arrangements never worked out, though. So too much sorrow and tension. Empires, most of the time, they form connections with others of their own kind. One cat in a thousand cats might befriend a mouse, but overwhelmingly, friendship is not why cats and mice are meeting. Right. But there were ones you did turn, so why make that call at all? Mostly, it was the result of a friendship or a romance. Rarely, these were thought out instances. It was always horrible when. Such an attempt to create a new vampire would end the way so many of them do. It is... uh... Imagine someone you love, who you trust. Imagine holding them in your arms, knowing they trust you too. They look at you. They expect you to be able to help them. This act of love, it is violent. You bite, you bleed them as much as you can. And you cannot help but savour the taste, despite they are in your chest, because you can feel the heart begin to stutter their breaths become weak, their limbs becoming heavy. They are barely alive when you hold your breathing arm to their mouth for them to drink. You smell your blood burning through them. You smell it spread through their body. Their skin burns, sweats. They convulse, They bleed. They vomit. You mop their brow, keep them clean, wash the piss from their body. You carry them shaking, moaning, squirming. As the temperature begins to drop, we wrap them in clean cloths. Their breath becomes a quiet rasp. You lay beside them. You run your hand through their air. Finally, finally they're in the dark. Their heart makes one agonizing clutch and release. Their lungs rattle. You bite your finger and hold it to their lips. Sometimes their tongue darts out and they drink and you push them away and they look at you appalled with themselves. They have changed in ways they did not know it was possible to change. You did this to them. Now, new and naked, they look at you and see what they have not been able to see before. You are a predator. You have always been a predator. But you're just so good at it that your prey finds it hard to tell. Now they are a predator too, so they see you for what you are. They are naked, but you feel more exposed in that moment. It is your responsibility to show them the world, then. And that is the best possible outcome. A friendship irrevocably altered. Someone who trusted you in that deep, impossible way, exposed to the truth that they did not understand what it was they were trusting you with after all. Mostly, a piece of them resents you for it. But they know, too, that this life is impossible to explain across that line, especially when you, selfish creature that you are, get back some key truths for fear that if you told them at all, they'd push you away without considering it. And though you struggle to live with yourself for this selfishness, the thought of living without them is worse. And this is the best-case scenario, you see. Sometimes you put your fleeting finger into their mouth and they bite you and they lurch forward and you know right away that the movement is wrong. You know right away that they are gone. They look at you. Their eyes are empty. The person you loved died in your arms and you're the one who did it to them. Here they are, writhing, spitting. If you are brave enough, you tear their head from their shoulders or shove a sharp knife into the base of their skull and watch them fall limp like a ragdoll to the ground. If you are not brave, you shut the door and listen to them thrash against the wood, breaking their bones in desperation. You listen to them throw the dead meat of their body against the wall for days before you get the courage to end it. But most of the time, neither of these things happen. Most of the time, you put your bleeding finger past their lips, and it stays there, a red smear upon their chin, and their body grows cold as it lies in your arms. The moon shines through the window. They are gone. You have killed them. Things will never be the same. Casper said. He said he only knew of one vampire who'd loved a human and made them and it didn't go wrong. We, oui, you have met them. Rosalind and Eppelin. Oh shit. Rosalind, she was turned by a vampire made by my Claudio. What was wrong with Claudio? After all that, you killed him. I can't imagine... No, you cannot. Claudio, he was the source of many of Antoinette's uh, notions. She thought vampires should be in charge, right? More or less, this was her belief, yes. Claudio believed that too? Mm, what was it that Claudio believed? He was, well, he was a young man when I made him a vampire. He had grown up in one of the greatest and most powerful empires on the planet, at the height of his triumph. Claudio... That wasn't his name when he was human, was it? No. He went by Claudius for most of his human life. He was born a decade before Caesar came to power, at the very end of Rome's true era of Republic. He grew up during the violent birth squeeze of Roman imperialism. He was at the edges of politics because of his father. He was outside of the Senate the day Caesar died. That's insane! He was twelve years old. At twenty-five, he and his father accompanied one of Rome's two leaders to the fringes of the empire. He was from a safe distance as Mark Antony fell for the beautiful and indomitable Cleopatra. Within a year, Mark Antony was dead, and the imperial age of Rome was truly born. Claudio was a young man, with all the world ahead of him. Beautiful, strong, well-spoken, but... But? During a day of training, not long after his arrival in Egypt, Claudio was struck over the head with a wooden blade. This kind of thing happened regularly. It happened to Claudio many times before, but something about the ankle, the force of the blow. He was unconscious for three days, and when he woke, he seemed fine at first, after a few days of relearning use of his limbs, but his strength never truly came back to him. He would suffer with terrible headaches, which left him needing to lie in a darkened room for days, sometimes weeks at a time, unable to even stand the sound of another person breathing in his proximity. I met him on a good day. Saturnalia, a celebrated in Egypt at the time, was a head a of cross-pollinated traditions revelling in Saturn and the birth of Ra. I remember they were particularly big on the reversal of roles in this part of the empire at the time. Claudio, he was wearing a fine black wig, adorned in gold. His eyes were lined in thick black curl, and his chest was bare except for an assortment of necklaces. I was wearing a silk stola. One of my brooches had come unclipped. I remember he stooped to pick it up for me, and it was not until I turned that he realised I was not a woman. He said I was as pretty as one. We drank an awful lot of wine and kissed under the stars. I drank his blood, took a little too much, I think, for he passed out in my arms and I had to carry him home. So, how did you end up offering to turn him? I saw him when one of his headaches took him. It was awful. He was in such pain. He was begging for death, but did not even have the energy to take his own life. His father, he was distraught. When Claudio recovered, we walked together, he spoke of his suffering. And the level of pain would be so great, he could not endure another second. And so I, I offered to take that pain away. And it worked when you turned him. Yes, but he had not truly understood what was being offered. I had hunger him from the very beginning. Oh, I regretted his waking up a vampire within days. I had to almost drain him dry to subdue him, to shut him away. Shut him away in a bricked up tomb, feed him balls of blood through a hole in the ground. It took a year before I felt safe he would not kill every human he saw. He did mellow as the decade wore on, but I think he never truly forgave me for preventing his mass murder. His friends had shunned him in his sickness, he said. No woman would marry him. They deserve to die. (sighs) And then as the Empire began to crumble, oh, Claudio, he could see exactly where his Emperor had failed. There was such a fury in him. He could not see how awful his righteous would become. We parted ways, sometime around the founding of Constantinople. I found the Byzantine emperors were more interesting and accommodating, but Claudio, when I saw him, he was obsessed with Rome. Ah, he was so furious it was my little Justinian, who was the last emperor who held Rome itself. I believed I'd never heard the end of it. During our time apart, Claudio had... well, his views had changed and altered radically. In his eyes, the Roman Empire was the greatest success of any imperial power in the world. Forget that they had spent time in Egypt, a land of dynasties that spent thousands, not hundreds of years. No, the pharaohs had nothing on Rome. They knew nothing of conquest, said Claudio. Honestly, I think he was just kind of racist. The fall of the Byzantine Empire in 1453 really was the last straw for him, as far as humanity was concerned. He decided they could not be trusted with their own future. He traveled to the center of Europe, and that is where he tried to begin a mass conversion. It was more challenging than he had anticipated. The death toll was massive. But by the time I got to him, he had created some 200 vampires and sent them out across Europe to continue his work. He had an old master plan. He would infiltrate human power structures, take them from the inside, as he had decided I had done with Justinian. He was a fool. So he killed him. So I tried to reason with him. And then I killed him. By then he was what, almost 2,000 years old? Something like 1,600, I think. It took a while between the fall of Byzantium to me finding and taking him out. News travelled slower then, and he had been quite careful before that to keep his plans under wraps. It had just reached the point where there were that many vampires you had made that they were beginning to drift into independent factions. That took about 200 years to really get under his control. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I spent a long time breaking up cells of radical vampires Claudio had created, trying my best to show them other paths, you know. Many of them died off on their own accord. The witch trials were an unfriendly time for both us and humans in Europe. It did not go over well. The vampire population had swelled, directly as a result of Claudio's actions, and the number of half-maids had increased massively too. Many of his maid vampires were poorly educated on the turning process and how to properly dispatch an half-maid should they make one. It was a disaster. So, Antoinette, she was one of the radicals? We, though I believe her beliefs were quite different to Claudio's own. She came to think that trying to take power by infiltrating existing human governments was not the best or fastest course of action. She would have preferred a brute share of strength, I think. She appropriated much of the language at the time. She was a couple of centuries old, had witnessed many human revolutions in Europe. Unlike many of the others Claudio had made, she was smart. She kept quiet, experimented with turning before continuing on. She was trying to build a core faction of vampires she could use as her governing body, I think, and intended to convert existing vampires to the cause. Anyone who disagreed with her should kill them. Human or vampire. We. Oui. It seems to be a belief that a vampire who did not want supremacy over humanity was weaker than even a human. But Casper killed her before you could. He did. And her method of selection... She believed vampires from my lineage were somehow superior. That I'm older. She believed my blood more pure, more close to the source. The source? A kind of uh, mythical emergent origin point of vampires. Wait, there's a vampire origin myth? We have existed as long as humanity and have a similar propensity for storytelling. Of course we have an origin myth. What is it? It changes, depending on time and location. Most usually, there is a human who is cursed or gifted. Sometimes the curse is given by God, sometimes it is the moon or the stars... Usually we come from a place that is cold. Because we do not age, you see, our bodies are frozen. In terms of rumours about me, this is not exactly dispelled by... The fact <laughs> your blood tastes winter fresh. Oui. But it has always tasted this way. Always I have been nicknamed snow or ice or frost. It has nothing to do with my being ancient. What did Claudio call you? Ha, Aquilo. is that funny? It was the Roman god of winter. And Casper calls you Zima. We. Oui. You introduced yourself to me as Nudge. Hmm. I did. Even if Cass had told me about you, I wouldn't have known who you were by name. No, you would not have. Is that deliberate? Somewhat. Why? Who knows what strangers want from us. You're afraid? Yes, I am afraid. Why? Wouldn't you be? I come here and it is obvious they have been kidnapping vampires, torturing them. I found out that Casper, a man whom I still very much care for, has been taken by them. I find you, with blood and medical equipment. I listened to your tapes and found them mostly innocuous, to my relief, but how am I supposed to know what else you have been working on in private? Did you test Casper's blood in the lab? Your own? Who's to say what it is you could have wanted from me? You and Casper both. You thought we'd lured you here? You thought... you thought we wanted to hurt you? No. I was worried that would be the case. And you still didn't leave? Of course not. I could not abandon you. You would have died. And saving me... It meant more to you than saving yourself? No, not more, but just as much. Fuck. What is it? It would have been a lot easier to trust you if you told me this from the start. Mon I did not trust you either. Past tense. Quoi? As in, you didn't trust me then, but you do trust me now? Somewhat. Do you trust me now? Somewhat. Progress. Yeah. Progress. I am proud of you. You do not see how far you have come, but you have come very, very far. I... Uh, um... Thank you. What trust I place in you, it is because you have earned it. You too. Performed and edited by Aira Major with a guest performance by Aaron Wolf under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license. You can support the show and get early access to new episodes on patreon.com forward slash studios. Live, laugh,
1: bite.